good morning, good afternoon, whichever time zone you're in, whichever planet you're on, welcome to the DC Comics News Podcast, episode 168. With me, Steve J. Ray, are the always awesome Brad Filicky. Hello, everybody. And the always special Kendra Hale. Always special, okay. Hello, guys. Always special. And here we are. It's another week. We're talking DC movies, TV and streaming comic books, and in other news. First of all, we'll start with, of course, the big screen. Promise from James Gunn that what he's already revealed for Chapter 1 of Phase 1 of the new DC universe is only the beginning and there is more to come. Brad, your thoughts on this story, my friend? Ah, very interesting. Um, that gives me hope, as I'm still a little bit on the fence about that slate. I'm looking forward to all of it, but it leans very much in a James Gunn-esque way. And uh, like I've said, I think that James we have to be very careful. We have to make sure that James Gunn knows when to take a step back. And depending on what characters he uses, but a character like Booster Gold could definitely be something that feels like a James Gunn project. So, uh, but now that it's announced that this is maybe only half of the slate, that's pretty impressive. So that makes me wonder what other characters are coming down the line. Of course, this probably guarantees that the idea of a third Wonder Woman movie is coming back into focus because I can't imagine if we only have half of the first slate released, Wonder Woman has to be part of the next, the, the other half. There's no way that cannot be. Same way with Batman, but we kind of already knew that. Um, but, and what, you know, what characters are going to be animated, you know, where, what are going to be series, what are going to be movies. So I'm, this is, it's kind of fun, you know, speculating on what it could be. Well, what about you, Kendra? I mean, I'm excited. I mean, with any kind of ambitious project, especially where they do multiple, multiple slates when it comes to movies and the television, anything can either go right or wrong really, really quickly. But I mean, like you said, with the introduction of new characters, some of these we haven't seen brought into the, you know, into the REAL world. Like I'm excited for, for uh, Brave and the Bold, for Swamp Thing, especially because given the right people doing it, depending on what the story is, that's going to open the door for just about almost any character you could want to see on a screen. So, I mean, for the fans, we've been spoiled in the comic world, and I'm really excited to see us get spoiled in the media world, too. Steve, what about you? Wholeheartedly agree with both of you. Um, The fact that he's saying, I've only talked about half, but not given anything else away, is the real clincher, the one that grabs you, because it's like you said, Brad, that anticipation, that hook that'll get fans talking and that is the ultimate way to grab everyone's attention. So we've all started talking, we've all mentioned other characters, we've all mentioned things we're excited about. And I do believe that James Gunn is the kind of person, because he is a comics fan, that will listen to what's out there, will listen to what the fans ask for, to listen to what the fans are interested in, plus what DC already have out, and think, oh, okay, that's given me some food for thought. Who are the right writers and directors for this kind of project? It might even be that simple that maybe finally the big studios are listening to the fans we've all seen the power that fans have it would never have we never would have had a third and fourth season of young justice we never would have had the snyder cut released if not for fan support and james gunn is the kind of um director and uh, storyteller that knows that 
if you have happy fans, you have box office. So maybe all this speculation is just fuel for his creative um, endeavor. So let's let's wait and see. Either way, yeah, you're both spot on. Excited is the word. And Kendra, I love what you said. We all love what they're printing. Let's see if they can bring some of that awesomeness to the big screen. And um, well, sticking with Mr. Gunn, apparently he's not just writing Superman Legacy. He's also sitting in the director's chair. Now, this one really has me intrigued. What about you, Brad? Yeah, you know, we talked about the idea of James Gunn running DC films even before it was announced. And one of the things that came up is, oh, I can't imagine him directing a Superman movie. I think I don't remember who it was who had said that, but now here we are that that could be happening. Um, what I can say is I know he has the talent. You know, we just I just hope that he has uh, a vision for the character that's not more on the humorous side because he's really good at that. I mean, look at Peacemaker. So I would expect a little uh, more serious tone. but. What intrigued me about this particular story is that he's gotten people like Tom King to help him with the writing. And that's a great sign because and Tom King even said, well, he's a huge comic fan anyway. So that's a good sign that he knows who to bring in. So the fact that Tom King's involved, that's that's almost enough for me to say, go for it, because we we already know that the the the, uh, his woman of tomorrow is going to be. adapted for the Supergirl movie, but it looks like he's getting even more involved because he's one of the writers that James Gunn went to. So that, that in and of itself is a, is a great, uh, great sign. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly open to it and I'd like to see what he does. Kendra, what about you? I'm in the same boat. I mean, that was the part of the article that really, that grabbed me too, because we've seen what happens when someone who doesn't know the source material gets their hands on a project or on, on a character. And it's always, at least nine times out of ten, been proven where they have the passion for that character or for the source material they pull from it. And it, it's always a, a knock out of the park when they do. So for, you know, for King to be like, hey, he's a super nerd, he's super creative, I mean, I'm already on board with that. Because for someone like Tom King to say that, and we've seen James Gunn prove that he is, that he loves, you know, what he, he brings to the screen. So for him to write it, and then get to follow through and direct. He knows what he wants to see playing out. So I'm excited to see that happen either way. I mean, it doesn't, we're not verified. But if it is what's going to happen, at least we can be safe in the knowledge that he's going to he's gonna bring love to the project. He's going to bring all of that passion. So that's exciting for any fan. Uh, what about you, Steve? Yeah, and I've been trawling through the archives, going through the internet and chatting to fellow fans. And I do remember that um, I think just before he took on the first Guardians movie, um, he was interviewed and people were asking him, would you ever work for DC? He said, I would love to. Uh, In fact, who says I haven't been approached? And in months and years afterwards, we've heard rumours that DC did approach him to write and direct the Superman movie, but he said he wasn't ready at the time. Now, if this means he is ready and he's got the endorsement, like you both said, of someone like Tom King, who has written an amazing Superman years with his miniseries. Um, we all know that his Batman run, love it or hate it, had people talking. Um, the stuff he's done with the lesser known characters, your human targets, your Mr. Miracles, your um, Adam Strangers, um, 
listen, I'm excited because I know he's a fan. And if he's ready now to give a Superman story, this will be a good one for the people who said, oh, he just does teen movies or he just does funny. He just does whatever. Superman is the legend, the one who started it all. And if he feels prepared to tell a story with a new, younger Superman that could lead to a whole series of films, to a whole um, franchise, then it's nothing but good news. So, yeah, sign me up. I'm all in for it. Now, something I'm all in for, but no one will be more in for than Kendra, is a movie featuring Harley Quinn. And that is just what joker fully adieu is going to be so this time i'm going to go to kendra first what are your thoughts on these photos and the video that has come out already from the set of joker 2 i'm so excited look i have never been the biggest lover of joker in any regard when it comes to harley but i my hands are up i'm i'm excited i mean Everything that we've been getting, everything that we've been seeing is so freaking cool. I mean, and just to see a follow-up to the amazing movie that we've already gotten feels like a little bit more of icing on top of the cake, on top of, you know, Spoonful. I mean, it's Willy Wonka's Playland right now. I mean, literally, if you're a fan right now, you're getting all of this goodness, all of it. And even if it's only potential goodness, it is great potential goodness. So I'm... I mean, looking at it, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And and <laughs> the fans are relentless. We are not patient people. <laughs> oh, we don't no, wait for we nothing. Are not. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's almost like the same thing with video games where you have people chasing after any kind of clue just to find the hint of what's to come next. We, we are not patient people. And from everything that I'm seeing, there's no reason to be patient because it looks amazing. Brad, what about you? Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited. I can't. I, I, this really gets me intrigued about what this. What do we see going on here? Two, oh, yes. three different Jokers. Uh, one dressed like the Joker from the last film. What is going on? I can't. I'm really super curious about what this is. What part in the movie is this? Like some kind of dream sequence? Is it you know? Is it rabid fans that he's got like a copycat following? Like what is going on? So I'm. I'm super curious about that. Uh, and I love the fact that we got that video. That video seemed pretty intense. You can kind of see the, the almost the choreography of the shot in how it was done with the cars coming in. It's, it's, it's kind of a cool angle that you don't get to see very often. So that was, that was kind of fun. It reminds me of um, the days when uh, Dark Knight Rises was filming and extras that were on the set were able to shoot from the the stadium and and you wonder what's going on what is what where does this play into the whole story so it definitely has me curious and yeah again the team behind the first one is here for the second one the first one was great so there's no reason to think that this would be any different so yeah i'm excited and this just really makes me um get even more excited yeah looking at these stills in that video like the choreography is fantastic you get a little glimpse at how movies are made and bless fans with cell phones is all i can say because that's how we got these images in this video and it's fantastic but to both your points um seeing these pictures watching that video i had thoughts of three jokers i had thoughts of the current joker storyline in um the man who stopped laughing with his more than one joker running around and 
the things they're playing with, like you said, Brad, the fact we've still got Todd Phillips, we've still got Joaquin Phoenix, now we're throwing in Lady Gaga as Harley in that photo we spoke about a few weeks ago. Um, there's a lot to get excited about. What's happening? Copycats, uh, whatever it's, whatever it is, I'm I'm all in. I really want to see this film. I can't wait. And um, something else I cannot wait for now that it seems to be a bit more official. Batman Beyond animated reportedly still in the works. Hey, um, but who are they going to have as old Bruce now that we've lost the great late, great Kevin Conroy is a certain Mr. Keaton on the cards. Brad, your thoughts. I think that Michael Keaton was probably a possibility for this, for a voice, especially if this is something that gets included into this whole new vision of a unified DC between the, the series and the movies, I think that would make sense. I think that this is probably something that's definitely going to be part of the second half of this uh, chapter one. Uh, I think it makes perfect sense. He's a character that a lot of people love. And I think it was a character that was an introduction for a lot of people into DC in a broader sense. So leaving Batman Beyond out of it would have been uh, a stupid idea anyway so i think it's good and i think that an animated movie would be perfect they kind of set up in the article that it was kind of going to be their answer to uh into the spider-verse and thinking in those terms that would be the perfect character for that as well because of the future setting and there's just yeah so i, I think that this is something that definitely is going to happen i think that even this is something that even if it's announced you know we talked a few weeks ago that just because it was announced doesn't mean it's going to happen. This is one of those projects that I think definitely, definitely will happen no matter what. I think the character is too important. What about you, Kendra? I'm in the same boat. 100% agreed with you, Brad. I mean, the character is far too important for them to to just throw this part of the project away. I mean, that and it's been slated for years and it's been set to the side, you know, and we've been given the hint that that was who they wanted to play old Bruce was Michael Keaton. And, you know, for lack of rest in peace to Kevin Conroy, Michael Keaton's really the only one that I, I could see in my own head playing Bruce as old Bruce. And now that we've gotten that little taste of him from the flash and we're going to get to see him actually coming back and putting the helm back on, it seems like that would be the perfect business decision to have him play him vocally as well. If it isn't animated, and if they are trying to do it like the end of the Spider-Verse, we're, we're going to be knocked on our seats because that was done beautifully. And if we can even touch a bit of that, I think the fans are going to be, be talking about it for years. It'll go down in, in animated history. Steve, what about you? I know you've got to be excited. Oh, Into the Spider-Verse. What a film. What an amazing film you notice i'm not saying animated film i'm saying film because that was a blockbuster that was a cinematic masterpiece like you said if we can get one fraction that good with batman beyond which i do believe we can with this cattle of characters it's gonna be unreal and let's be fair here i don't think there are bigger kevin conroy fans in the world than the three of us and the gang at dc comics news and dark knight news but let's also be honest when it comes to people iconic in the role people fans millions around the world the only person who could come close to touching kevin conroy is michael keaton he is the batman that made 
Batman fans. In 1989, um, that's when Batman skyrocketed in the comic book sales because of this film, because of Tim Burton's vision. No one will ever replace Kevin Conroy, ever. But the only person worthy to pick up the baton and run with it, in my opinion at least, is Michael Keaton. And if that's the way they're going, and even if it's in animation rather than live action as they were going to originally, um, hey, this is a first step. If the animated film works, maybe a live action one's on the cards. It's great news for Batman fans. So I am 100% all in. And um, this is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg for great news uh, for Batman animation. But we'll touch on that a little bit later. For now, though, uh, Brad, you must be smiling because this cameo um, for Shazam Fury of the Gods, my Lord, I'm so happy. She's a wonder, is Wonder Woman. Don't you agree, Mr. Felicki? I do. And how this is the first time that I've seen this this TV spot. So this was a shock and news to me. So I don't know if I where I am that I what under rock I've been living under that I haven't seen this spot. But yeah, this makes me excited, especially given the bittersweet news that Patty Jenkins isn't coming back for Wonder Woman three. So that kind of leaves what Gal Gadot's going to do up in the air. So this could be the last time we see her as the character. And it's one of those those roles where I can't imagine anybody else playing her right now. So as much as I want her to continue as she doesn't, at least we have one more shot to see her as the character. So had I not been planning on seeing Shazam and saw that, that would make me want to go and see it. What about you, Kendra? Uh, I'm just going to keep agreeing with everybody tonight because it's true. It's bittersweet. I mean... It's amazing to see her, and, and it's it's like seeing the Michael Keaton as Batman in the Flash trailer. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful thing to see her coming into a movie and, and make making it her own. But like you said, Brad, it's, it's bittersweet because this this might be the last time we see her as Wonder Woman. And, and with that type of a shift, at one, we would have no idea who they might bring into the role, and two, would we like her as much? Steve? <laughs> Yeah, we, we've said it since day one. The three of us, the whole DC Comics news gang has said Gal Gadot doesn't just play Wonder Woman. She is Wonder Woman. So seeing this tiny clip, even if this is the only, actually, you know, there's got to be a little bit more because there's got to be some interaction between her and, and Shazam or Captain Marvel, as he should be known. Um, the characters, I cannot believe there haven't been closer links to these two characters. I mean, um, Zeus, Apollo, it's in his name, some of the powers. These characters are inextricably linked by mythology. Not having them share the screen until now is a crime. So having Gal Gadot back, having Gal Gadot back in a Shazam movie just makes sense. And Brad, like you said, where did this TV spot come from? <laughs> How has it not been all over the internet and blown up the world? Because yes, Fire fans do seek this out. This is real. This isn't a fan edit. This is Gal Gadot talking to Shazam, saying, stick to fighting crime, kid. Um, amazing. I cannot wait. And now, if well, I already was, I was going to see Shazam in the, on the big screen, but now I'm definitely going to see Shazam on the big screen. Ah, oh, excited. Now, not only is Gal Gadot back, so is um, my fellow Brit, 
Alfred Pennyworth, as played by the wonderful Andy Serkis, who, funnily enough, I've just watched a film that starred him, but we'll, we'll, I'm digressing. Let's talk about the man himself and the return of Alfred in The Batman Part 2. Brad? It's not a shock to me. I think this would be a bigger new story if he said he wasn't coming back. Um, that's one thing that really seemed to work with the Batman is that the the crew and the cast seemed to really mesh well. And that's one thing that helped it work so well. Uh, and he made a great Pennyworth. It all makes sense. So uh, I'm glad he's back, but I'd be I'd have been shocked had he not returned. So this is pretty much what I was expecting. What about you, Kendra? You had me giggle, Brad, because I, I agree with it. I'm like, it would have been bigger if he wasn't coming back, because then we would have rallied and rioted and been like, why? But, I mean, I, lo- I love how in the article they're like, he will be back. <laughs> and it's okay. <laughs> like, for them to have to reassure fans that someone is coming back. And don't get it twisted. Pennyworth is, is a beautiful and complex character. So, <laughs> for them to have to, you know confirm for fans so that we don't riot a rally or you know whatever it is we do i like that i like that they see the importance that even though he's not the main character he is the main character let's be for real especially when it comes to their iteration of batman so i'm excited to see him come back but it was almost one of those where if he didn't it would have been worse steve what about you it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise at all. But the fact that they're confirming it, the fact that he's definitely moving ahead, again, it's just another reason for us to smile. It's another reason for us to save our pennies so we can put them on the counter and say, two tickets for the Batman Part 2, please. Why? Because Alfred's back and he's being played by a stellar, stellar actor. Um, the heart and soul of the first Batman movie because we didn't see a lot of Bruce Wayne. We just saw Batman, which was awesome in, in and of itself. To have a film that had Batman on screen for 80% of the movie is unreal. And um, listen, to have the heart and soul of the film come back to help Bruce on his journey, he's already gone from dark shadow to protector in one film. We've never seen so much detective on on the live action screen. We've never seen so much protector and him stepping out of the shadows to save lives. We're seeing a more fully rounded Batman in Matt Reeves universe than we've ever seen in live action before. And hey, Alfred's a huge part of that. So I'm very, very happy indeed. Now, from good news to um, slightly weirder news, even though this isn't the film that's got me jumping down, up and down with excitement that much, I do love Keanu Reeves. But um, the fact that the Constantine 2 project is being re-evaluated. Uh, um, Brad, your thoughts on this story, my friend? I'm going to go a little bit against type here and say that I'm kind of optimistic that this will see the light of day. I usually expect especially when it comes to these DC projects, I'm, I'm cynical because we've had the rug pulled out from under us so many times that to me, when something gets announced, it's more likely that it won't get made than it will. But with Constantine, you have Keanu Reeves, who's always going to be a big draw. So he's one of the biggest names in Hollywood. So if he's behind, if he's associated with it, that goes a long way into, you know, assuring that it's going to get made. Another part is the fact that the first one is turning out to be a real cult hit, and that's making people reevaluate it as a movie itself. 
So it's getting people more interested and the original director's coming back. So I, I think I think those three things make me kind of consciously optimistic that this will, we'll see. In what way? We don't know. It, it, I'm guessing it's probably going to be an Elseworlds situation. That would make sense. Um, but I think I think that we might actually soon see this get made. What about you, Kendra? This one I'm not sure about because while I would love to see what all of these years later they could do with Constantine, with the advancements that they have in special effects, with the advancements that they have in CGI and green screen, and I mean we already know what Reeves can do, what he brings to the plate, and that's that's already. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there is no debate. Who doesn't love Kino? But, oh, and it's not that they don't have so many stories that they could pull from, because let's also be real, Constantine has a huge library of stories, characters. You could bring in Justice League Dark into it. I mean, I, I don't care where they would fall on the timeline. I, I just, I, hmm. I don't want it to be one of those where people are like, oh, we're doing a nostalgia sake grab. When it doesn't feel like that. I mean, there's so much love for Constantine. And obviously, like Brad said, there's been an underground movement where you have dedicated fans who love the original concept and want more. And who doesn't want more? So, yeah, I'm I mean, do you. I'm going to do the fingers crossed. Do you think that um, they would try to adapt one of the, the graphic novels, or do you think they'd go with an original story? Because I would almost. You know, and I, Steve, I think you said this before that it didn't. Mm. You you liked the movie okay, but it didn't feel like a Constantine movie. Yeah, it's a good it film, but it wasn't a good Constantine it, film. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily would take away from Keanu Reeves and the role or what they could do with it. Right. So I would almost personally, I don't know what you guys think, but I would almost rather them come up with an original story than try to go back to the source material on, in this case. I would like that. I'm going to agree with you. I would like for them, if they're going to do another movie, if they were to keep it, especially if, if Keanu is going to be back in it, I would like to see an original story being kept that way. But then I would be greedy as a fan and want a TV series, kind of like we got with American Gods, where we get individual episodes that expand on who Constantine is. Steve, what about you? So many ways it could go. I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the film but it should have just been called Demon Hunter. It should not have been called Constantine because it wasn't. Um, it took some bits from this, the comics. If they're bringing back Keanu, I want a continuation of the first film and the growth of that story. But I would also, being the huge nerd comics fan that I am, love a schism, love a break in the walls of the dimensions to see Keanu face Jenna Coleman face Matt Ryan and see the different faces of Constantine Constantine what is your name sir um I want that and while it divides the crowd whether that was John Constantine or not in the first film it was a good movie he had a good story. The villain was fantastic. Um, the action was good. The effects were decent for the time. It has got a cult following. Keanu will bring in the audiences. So I would rather it got made than dropped. Listen, after the New Gods movie got canned, after Batgirl got canned, I just want some good news. I just want stories to be told. And let's keep our fingers crossed, like you said, Brad. Let's uh, grab Seth's Superman T-shirt and be the symbols of hope. 
<sighs> so now, on that subject matter, on the Man of Steel, on arguably one of the greatest pieces of animation ever committed to celluloid, and this is something, yes, I'll be buying this, even if they have to sell a kidney or three, Max Fleischer's classic 1940s Superman animations, digitally mastered, Blu-ray, oh my, Brad. Oh yeah, I, this excites me because I've never seen them before, so this is a, a perfect Oh, you are in for a treat. Them. Oh, they're so and, good. And uh, it seems like a really nice collection, so yeah, this it, it's kind of exciting and well overdue. Um, this makes me want to go on YouTube and watch clips and 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 get ready to watch it. Do it, like do said, it now. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, it's such a classic, um, such a classic series. So yeah, this is, this is exciting. I'm, I'm happy to see this happening. What about you, Kendra? Oh, I'm excited. It's a hundred percent excitement because with remasters and, and getting things put onto DVD, that means that we get something else that's awesome, which is called bonus features. And Ooh, yeah. I, I'm so excited for that because then you get to learn more about everything and to get to introduce something so undeniably classic to a new audience, to bring in the newer generations into things that people grew up loving, you know, where you, you got pivotal moments to a character. I'm, I'm excited. And I know you are, Steve, you've already talked about selling a kidney. Man, I've got these on VHS. That's how unbelievably dated my life is. And I have worn them out to be damned. There's something about that era in animation. You look at the Disney movies of the time, you look at the Fleischer cartoons of the time, the way they captured human movement, the atmosphere, the way they brought special effects and lighting, some of the ray gun effects, some of the machines, it's just iconic. If you speak to people like Bruce Timm and Alan Burnett, the guys behind Batman the Animated Series, they said... Their Batman character design, the whole ethos, the Gotham that could have been the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, or the 21st century, all of that is based on Max Fleischer's Superman. Brad, seriously, promise me, when you finish work, you're going to go online and YouTube some of these clips because you will be blown away. You'll think, they did this when? How? Hand-drawn? On cell? How is this even possible? And yes, lots of people will complain, oh, it's racist, this, that and the other. This was made during wartime. Yes, there are some horrible racial slurs in it. Yes, they'll probably be edited to be damned. But like I said, special features, they can put a disclosure. They can say, listen, this is just the product of its time. Watch it for the story. Watch it for the animation. Watch it for one of the best versions of Superman you will ever see, live action, animated or otherwise. And Please let us have some special features on the restoration, how they got these old reels of film and blew them up to 1080p or 4K. Oh, man, this project has got me so excited. Well, you can tell. I'm just gushing. I'm just so happy. Um, Kendra, you've seen some clips of this old series, right? You know some of the, 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 the things I'm talking about. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm excited for with the bonus features because – with those, you can sometimes see, like, they'll have video of, of people either doing the animation or you'll see the guys or gals in the background doing the sound effects to be laid over the, 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 the animation as it's moving. It's just really cool to see. And you're right. There probably will be a disclaimer. But, I mean, to be fair, 
there you brought up disney so i'm gonna bring up disney too to be fully fair from that time frame you've got all kinds of stuff i mean even now they've got they've got warning labels on aristocats exactly certain scenes so it is a definite different time frame and yes looking back at it we're all going to be aware of of what's right and what's wrong but that's not what what this is for this is basically a history lesson and and like we've all seen it's going to be an introduction to you know how the great ones how magic was made and and unfortunately that doesn't always come without the bad parts and that's it it's magic from that theme music which is to me as iconic for superman as, as john williams is is um yeah brad and, and i know you're going to message me when you see some of this you're going to go whoa but it's not just the man of steel who's returning to our screens in classic form yes it's official two seasons have been commissioned on amazon of all places for matt reeves and bruce timms Batman Caped Crusader. Maybe there is a God after all. Brad, what do you think? Isn't it nice to have a list of news stories with so much good news for a change? And then this right. cancellations and things like that. It, this I feel like this has been just a whole big love fest of, of good news this episode. And this is great news. Uh, just the fact that Bruce Timm's involved alone should make people want to check it out. And it should make it Absolutely. So it should make it a project that a lot of networks want to get their hands on or, or platforms want to get their hands on. I'm surprised that HBO Max ended up passing on it. It would seem like it would be something they'd want to grab up because there are so many uh, people in the generation, Steve, uh, behind us, that their introduction to these characters was not comics. It was the TV shows. And one of the biggest shows that people yep. list is Batman the Animated Series. And this is, obviously, it's not a direct sequel, but it, it's still uh, maybe a spiritual successor in some ways. So this is this is great news. It's great news that it's going forward, and it's even better news that it's been picked up for not just one season, but two. And that's I think that's great news. What about you, Kendra? I'm ecstatic. And, I mean, but I got a question my HBO passed, too, because... There for a while, it felt like they were trying to be the <laughs> the comic fandom's haven when it came to the movies, the animated series, all of that. And then now suddenly they're kind of they're making some different decisions. I'm not sure what the the thought process is, especially when you've got you know like you guys said, you got Bruce Timms, you've got Abrams, you've got Reeves, Warner Brothers Studios, Bad Robot. I mean, it sounds like that would just be money. Like I can hear the kachinging in the back of my head. Because you've got the main character that everybody loves. They're promising new engrossing stories in Gotham, which would bring in tons of fans. Because everybody's going to want to see, well, what are they doing? Because what hasn't been done? So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, I have Prime, so I'm excited. But I, I don't know. I, I just The HBO part of that kind of throws me back because I'm like... I mean, we, we watched as they brought in the Harley Quinns and then they started bringing in all of the all of the animated series, all of the movies. They were the ones to release it before it was even released in theaters. So maybe maybe we're getting ready to see the winds of change and HBO not be the home anymore. But maybe we're starting to sort out to a different streaming service. What do you think, Steve? Well, I actually, for one, I'm glad 
that it's going to Amazon Prime. A couple of reasons. I don't have Prime, but I can get Prime. I can't get HBO Max. HBO Max never came to the UK or to Europe. I'm happy. I'm getting a brand new animated Batman series that I can actually damn well watch. Win-win. That's all I care about. I'm going to get Batman by Matt Reeves, by Bruce Tim and uh, mm, JJ's. Yeah. Um, but hey, yeah, listen, <laughs> he's had some successes. Um, so just new Batman. That's all I care about on a platform that we can see globally. And that is something HBO Max isn't. So it's win-win. Glass is definitely half full. And speaking of half full, speaking of things I want to see, John Economos is back in a future upcoming DCU project. I'm smiling. Are you smiling, Brad? I am. And I think that it's pretty obvious that I'm sure he's going to be involved in some way in Waller, given his, his role in Peacemaker. And um, in the real world, it doesn't surprise me either because I've listened to a few podcasts that he's been on since Peacemaker and he's had nothing but good things to say about the production and James Gunn and, and working in that world. So um, this is kind of like the Andy Circus story. I'd be more surprised if he wasn't involved. So, but yeah, I'm happy to have him. I think he's great in the role. So yeah, welcome aboard. Um, what do you think, Andrew? I agree. I'm glad to see him coming back and I'm glad that they recognize good talent when they see it because he was a great bit of comic relief in Peacemaker as well as just being a great character. And I am excited to see him in, in the upcoming Waller series. But one thing that I love in this article is the writer literally goes through every single film <laughs> and they're like, oh, will he be in this one? Wait, that one's already wrapped. Will he be in this one? And then they finally get to the bottom and they're like, well, I guess we've got to wait and see because they can't figure it out. I don't think for those who are fans of this man that we're going to we're going to care where he falls in. He could he could have a random cameo <laughs> and we're just going to be like, yes, you're my boy. That's all it's going to take. So, I mean, Steve, what about you? Are you just as excited? What you just said, you actually just read my mind. I mean, the hive mind is in full effect once again with these beautiful people. Um I would be happy if Stevie Gee came back as John Economos just for a cameo on screen because some guy and creature turned up and said, oh, my God, we got some kaiju happening again. Or a giant robot turned up. Goes, oh, no, not Mecha 2. Um, oh, please, listen, whatever he does, I'm there for it. <laughs> He's great. Brilliant character actor. Brilliant character. Enough said. I'm all in. Happy to Happy to see it. Now, people, like you said, Brad, this is a show of 99% good news. This news is mind-blowing. The casting for the Creature Commandos TV show is almost done. Surely that means the cameras are going to roll imminently. Brad, excited? Yes, I am. And that just is one more um, step. To closer to see that this is going to see the light of day for sure because you know like again going back to um weeks ago when it was when it came out that not all these projects are guaranteed they have to see them first but i think when we were talking about it steve we said uh, i said that well we pretty much guarantee that creature commandos because it's going to be the first out of the gate that that's going to happen and it looks that way so yeah this is another little 
little tidbit of good news. And um, and the sooner this comes out, the sooner this can get underway. You know, I think this new version, this new world that James Gunn's creating, we're going to get a first taste of it in the Flash. But the second real bit of it is going to be this series. So the sooner they start making it, the sooner it's going to come out. So, yeah, that's exciting news. What about you, Ken? I mean, it's Jeff Lemire. <laughs> so Who could argue with that? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> but I, I love how they break it down and they're like, it's such a large story that it couldn't it couldn't have been told in live action. <laughs> what a big promise to the fandom to tell them that, hey, we wanted to bring you a live action. But then we actually sat down and looked at it. And we were like, this is too big. I mean, I, I'm ready. That, that in itself excites me. Because the big stories are the ones that are the most hard-hitting, they are the most raw, and they are the ones that you connect with the most. So I'm here for it. And again, Jeff Lemire. Steve, what about you? Nothing else needs to be said. With a writer of that caliber and this level of characters, I mean, oh, it just takes me back to my childhood and the old war comics and the tales from the crypt and the haunted tank and werewolves and Frankenstein fighting Nazis and if they bring some of that element and then bring it slap bang into the present and link them to the agents of shade. I mean, you have got Frankenstein in common with both sets of characters. We've got silver age into bronze age into modern age. And it's the level of stories they can tap into with these characters. And then you throw in the whole universal horror universe aspect of things where fans are invested in werewolf by night in, in, in into Frankenstein, into these brilliant characters if we can get some cameos in from sergeant rock on the how and um easy company man oh, i'm just excited um the casting is almost done this one has to happen please don't do another new gods please don't do another Batgirl on us let this see the light of day i've lost doom patrol i need quirky scary random dc tv yumminess give it to me I want it. Now, something I didn't know I wanted until I saw the headline was Clancy Brown as Salvatore Moroni. One of my favourite actors of all time is coming to Gotham City. Boy, am I pleased. Brad, what about you, my friend? I've been a fan of his ever since Carnival, which I thought was criminally over uh, underrated. I think that should have been like five, seven seasons in, you know, and we only got three, but I loved him in that and I loved him playing a villain. Uh, so I think he can bring that same kind of menacing touches to this role. And he's had experience in the DC world from doing voices in some of the animated uh, films. So he, he knows what's up. So he's been a part of it before. So yeah, I, I'm happy to have him. I think it's a great bit of casting. And Steve, I just got to Thank you for bringing up Haunted Tank. I had forgotten all about that. I You're welcome. Series, but I got to tell you, it always bugged me, even as a little kid when I was reading those comics, that the ghost that haunted the tank was a Confederate general and not a Union general. That bugged me. Exactly. Even Why? Back then, even back then, before all this, before Woke or whatever, it always drove me crazy. But that was, I, I, again, now, now, now I want to go reread Haunted Tank. But anyway, I digress. What about, I what, what, what do you think, Kendra? I think I gotta stop giggling for a minute. Y'all got me cracking up over here. 
but uh, but both of you are right. I mean, this guy is absolutely fabulous. You could not ask for somebody better when it comes to doing Maroney. And I mean, what an underrated character that you know he's going to bring every bit, every bit of beautiful, nitty-gritty mafioso to that screen. I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. And I, I'm in full agreement. I don't think I could have joined a better day because this is just endless goodies for, for fans. And endless, just endless. Steve? Listen, when you throw in just the villain's name, forget how awesome the actor is, just for a quick second, because I will come back to him because I love him. But when you put the name Boss Maroney into any project, one name has to follow, and that's Harvey Dent. This is the guy who created Two-Face. That alone, yeah, as a Batman fan, two thumbs up. Now, add to the fact they've cast this character and they've cast it with one of the best character actors on Earth, period. Let's just look at his pedigree. I mean, his Lex Luthor, to me, is as iconic as Kevin Conroy's Batman and Mark Hamill's Joker. His Lex Luthor in Superman the Animated Series, legendary superb flawless and when you talk about great movie villains your moriartis your darth vaders your draculas please i don't care who you are the kurgan from the original highlander film is one of the greatest villains in movie history that's this guy that's clancy brown when he was young hi i'm candy of course you are that's all I have to say. Give me Clancy Brown all now. You can't have Two-Face without Maroney. You can't have Batman without Joe Chill. And Doug Bradley will be that character in the Gotham Knights TV show. Again, little things that are getting me excited about another TV show I didn't know I wanted. Brad, your thoughts, sir? Yeah, this is um, this interesting. I think the show. I mean, I, a lot of people are expecting this show to to fail, and I'm hoping that fans are giving it a chance. And the fact that they are bringing a character like Joe Chill in kind of shows to me that they have done their homework and know the background of a lot of these characters. So it might be better than some people are expecting it to be, or better than you know a lot of people had a negative reaction to the first trailer. So hopefully this can maybe turn people around. But I think it's an interesting choice of a character to bring in. Um, not super well known in to, to your everyday on the street Batman fans. I think the comic readers know him more. So uh, I think it's a smart choice. What about you, Tinder? It's Pinhead. Yes, he is. Like, I'm trying not to giggle, but I mean, <laughs> that's so exciting. To have somebody who has literally given people nightmares over the years, like legit nightmares, like they, he has made people afraid, <laughs> and you're bringing him in as Joe Chill. I mean, you couldn't ask for somebody better if you were looking for a horror aspect to bring to the character. We're, we're not looking for the humor. We're not looking for the comedic Joker. This is this is gonna be amazing. Like I, who. <laughs> He only gets six episodes, but, I mean, can you just imagine what he could do with six episodes? I mean, I would watch it just for that. It, it makes me sad that people are already rooting, it, rooting for it to fail, because why? 
six-episode so, arc is, yeah. is a lot for right. a character in one of these shows um, because, you know, a lot of those stories get wrapped up in one or two episodes. So the fact that we're getting him for six is, is a good sign. And like you said, I, I, you know, I didn't even bring up that he was Pinhead, but that is such an iconic role. So yeah. is what you say. It's a waste of good suffering. But, yes. Uh, I think that that's a, <laughs> I, 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 it's a, a, a great choice for actor too, not just the character. I really hope they give him that as a line. Like I don't even, I don't, I, I will literally. I'm I will, sure they'll work it in. I will be dead on my couch. <laughs> like say it. I mean, I have sights to show you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let, let's be honest here. They wouldn't cast an actor of that caliber without pedigree, without bringing that horror turn into it somewhere i mean let, let's be fair here batman is the hero that gives criminal nightmares but joe chill is the character that gives batman nightmares the same dream every night the man who took his parents the man who made the batman and is it a coincidence this is a show based on batman's death and who takes over and protects gotham in his absence was joe chill in the background all that time I just have real faith in the writers and now they're casting these legendary actors to appear in this show. We spoke about another one last week. Um, Now I'm more intrigued and interested and invested than I ever have been. And again, in a show, not since Pennyworth that I didn't even know I wanted because they're bringing in Joe Chill. Yeah, I'm all in. Now we've talked about live action and animation, movies and TV, but now we need to talk about the thing we love the most, and that's comics. And thanks, Joshua. Once again, we're starting the comic book news with something that is right up Brad Street. Crazy Jane's look, baby. Mr. Fashion, Mr. Couture, Mr. Felicki. Your thoughts on Crazy Jane's new look, in the new Doom Patrol comic book. I I love it. And I think it's smart that they got a lot from the TV show look and kind of basing it off of that. Because I think that with these characters, uh, especially I think that more most people know them from the TV show more than the comics. So it kind of makes sense to kind of vibe those, those looks together. And Diane Guerrero has a great look as a character anyway so that that kind of goes to show what the uh, production team behind the tv show how good they were that they can make a look to seem iconic enough to actually appear in the comics as well so um I, yeah i see overall i think it's a smart smart idea and uh and beyond that i think it's a smart idea that they're one of the launch titles for the dawn of dc and that was a smart move what about you kendra I like that the writer came in and was like, I love that the theme of the show was matching so well with what we wanted with the comics that we decided, why not go ahead and and match? How much does that say about what you're doing as a television show when the the comic writer is like, y'all are mirroring us perfectly, the way we have these characters written, the way that we have them processing their emotions, you are matching that, so we're gonna do the same, and we're gonna match what you're doing. That I don't think there's a higher compliment. I really don't. I mean, and just I mean, it's not the first time that we've seen the live action 
fall into the comic book realm because it, it's been inspired. But this one feels a little bit different because of that. Like, it's not, you're not getting an okay from the writing or the artists. You're actually getting a, hey, y'all are doing this perfectly. Like, if there was a better translation, we don't see it. And this is how we can show you that. So I think that that's amazing. I think that that is such a cool way to say we love what you're doing. Steve, what about you? Mic drop moments for the both of you. Could not have put it better myself. Well done. Magic. You all know how much I love the Doom Patrol TV show. And the fact that this one crazy, wacky, irreverent, stupid, brilliant piece of television has got more friends of mine reading comics than anything else that I've recommended. Well, actually, now the Sandman TV show as well. People have gone crazy wanting to pick up the new Sandman books because of that. But the fact that Doom Patrol is out there, it's like Pluto. It's like not even a planet anymore. It's a speck of dust in the end of the cosmos. It's fantastic. And like you said, Kendra, for the fact that the guys who are making the new comic book series say, listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Rather than try to reinvent the wheel, they're taking what's great and running with it. Like we've always said, if more people who made TV shows and movies stuck to the comics, we'd be a much happier fan base. That's all I have to say. Great. Love it. Want it. Now, I'm going to go to Kendra again with this one. Because um, Harley, the Harley who laughs, old woman Harley, and now the poison ivy who laughs. I'm scared. Kendra, save us. Can I just tell you guys how bomb this series is? I mean, it's yeah, so good. It is. And this one, who the, the arc for Who Killed Harley Quinn was so brilliant on so many levels. I loved everything. Every bit of it, every bit. But this article specifically, the one that they're bringing up, is about the Poison Ivy who laughs. And we got that in Harley Quinn 27. And her reveal could have felt very corny. But it wasn't. It was brilliant. And I'm not going to spoil Harley Quinn's lead up. But to see that this young lady has been brought into the fray, I mean... The damage that Harley, the Harley who laughs was monumental. I mean, that was tense. It was anxiety. She was doing her thing. And now you see that there's this whole new Harley, this whole new Harley with an Ivy who is menacing. She is badass warrior. The artwork is beautiful, beyond beautiful. And now that that arc has ended with set 27, We're getting not only a new artist and new writer coming into play, but now these characters have been introduced into the DCU. I am so excited to see what they're going to do with these ladies because the whole of who killed Harley Quinn, you literally, it was a break in the multiverse. You got every single iteration of Harley you could ask for, including a mermaid Harley, including a mermaid Harley. And when I tell you I screamed, I screamed, when I saw old lady Harley come into play because that's I think I heard you in London, man, I, I lost it because that series was defining. That was a split away from Harley in a way that I have never seen a comic book do and to have her come back. Brilliant chef's kiss done. 
Brad, what about you? Have you have you had a chance to take a look at the? I know you've seen the images, but have you had a chance to read it? I am a little behind because I I finally broke my habit of getting every DC comic that came out in the stores, and now I'm kind of um, I did a purge of my comics, and when I do that, it always takes me a while to get back into going in and picking up issues every week. So I'm a little bit behind on that, but what strikes me is the idea when it comes to Batman villains, not too many are more powerful than Poison Ivy. And you mix Poison Ivy with the whole who laughs concept, and that's pretty frightening. So there's a lot you can do with that. So I, I'm excited just, just for that. So yeah, this should be should be an interesting story. What about you, Steve? what you both said and i've got to say that tinny howard great writer she's doing great stuff with catwoman but you've got big shoes to fill because stephanie phillips smashed it i didn't think anyone could follow sam humphreys but stephanie phillips smashed it on harley um it's a title more people should be reading it's great and having characters like this in it just like you said kendra just elevates the stakes and I read your reviews, I edit your reviews, and I could feel your excitement with every issue. So believe me, I did hear your scream here in London when that happened. It was loud. I'm pretty sure there were some earthquakes. because, But it is. And Brad, I'm not saying you got to read the Harleys. I'm not saying you do. We all, we all get behind on series. Lord knows I haven't read a lot of series. But when I tell you that this one, this even this, this little eight-issue arc, did so much really good so much and (laughs) just the harley who laughs the reveals the twists the turns you couldn't ask for more as a comic fan couldn't ask for more well said well something i never asked for but really want after the success of some amazing amazing young adult graphic novels which we talk about so much on this show dc has something for everybody we're getting a big barda ya graphic novel ye gods i'm excited yourself brad look i i know i'm not the target audience for these books i'm a middle-aged guy but i can't help it they are done they're brilliant so well uh, see, I can't think of one of these YA novels that wasn't good. I just started reading the Robin, the Kim Garcia Robin uh, book and loving it. So I'm, I'm excited for this just because they have not messed up one of these books yet. And I said I'm not the target audience, but I'm, I'm definitely along for the ride. What about you, Kendra? Down for the ride, indeed. Down for the ride. You are correct, sir. They have they haven't. They have not misstepped once with these books. In fact, we may not be the target audience, but we're dang sure going to turn those pages. Cuz the Mr. Freeze here, uh the Nora and Mr. Freeze was brilliant. Whisper was brilliant. The Zatanna House of Secrets brilliant. And Judah now Graves End. Yes, brilliant. And now we get Barda. And look at this animation style. I love it. They have, it's almost Steven Universe feeling. I, I'm here for it. And, and Barda is not a character that we get to see in the spotlight very often. So I am really excited to see her come up and step into her shoes. Get her, her kudos. 
I am excited. Steve, what about you? The fact that Cami Garcia and Gabriel Piccolo's Teen Titans graphic novels have got people interested in the Titans. The fact that so many people want to know about Zatanna because of the YA graphic novels. The fact that Whistle is coming into the mainstream DC universe. Come on. This means that people will want to know about Barda. They'll want to know about Mr. Miracle. They want to know about Darkseid and the New Gods. This is win-win for everybody. Like you guys said, I'm not 15. I haven't been 15 in close to 40 years. But these books are damn great. When you get great storytelling, great artists, great writers, who's going to lose? No one. Who's going to win? The fans. Awesome. Now, the fans are going to win even more because the character that was named after our Kendra, Kendra Saunders, Hawkgirl, is coming back. Steel is coming back. The dawn of DC just got even brighter. Brad, your thoughts, my friend. You had me with Worf writing Steel. Oh, I'm on. Right. That's, yeah, I can't wait. And I'm really liking the character choices of what they're trying, what the first ones are bringing into this dawn of DC. Like uh, the idea of a Hawkgirl series. We haven't seen a Hawkgirl series in a while. I think that that's a smart move. And Dr. Fate, it kills me that Dr. Fate is not a bigger character. I mean, he is DC's Doctor Strange. He should be right up there with the well-known characters. And we should have already gotten a Doctor Strange live-action movie as good as Chris Brosnan was in, in Black Adam. You know, it was just great to see him. So anything Doctor Fate, I just would really like to see a, a Doctor Fate done well. I'm still holding out for that Black Label Doctor Fate book that I hope is coming someday, written by Tom King or Tom Taylor. So, yeah, I'm excited for all these books. What about you, Kendra? I, I need to find another word. I'm jubilant. I'm jubilant. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. The artwork looks so crisp. I'm just like, mm. all right, there's a couple covers I'm going to have to have. Because Steel looks so good. Looks so good. And Brad, you touched right on it. I mean, you're not only going to get the comic fans, but Worf? Worf is writing a comic? I, I, that's it. I'm done. That's beautiful. 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 Michael Dawn's a lovely guy. He voiced Steel in animation. He's writing the character. Sign me up. Hawkgirl, after the brilliant and hugely underrated um, Robert Venditti Hawkman series, we need these characters back on the printed page. Listen. Just take my money, DC. I don't have any, but you can have it anyway. Listen, just, just take it. Um, I own it. You keep it. Fine. I don't mind. Give me these comics now. Now, big news. Mm, this one's good, but not good, because we're losing Becky Clune and Michael Conrad on Wonder Woman, but we are getting Tom King and art by... Whew, Daniel Sambere, who is just awesome. Hmm. Yeah, intrigued. Brad, new Wonder Woman by Tom King. Uh, well, as I said, I will follow Tom King anywhere. Any character he wants to pick up, I will um, I will read it. But in the post-Future State world, 
the the Wonder Woman run since Future State has been one of my favorites. Um, it's I, been Stephen fantastic. Talked about how great your floor is and um, how the Trial of the Amazons and Nubia and the Amazons, how great those those series were. And I, I've loved Becky Clinton's work on on the series. So it is bittersweet and that she's leaving, but what Tom King is going to do with the character, I, I'm, I'm giddy about it. I can't wait to see it. What about you, Kendra? Um, it's Tom King. I mean, I hmm. given what we're given with the synopsis for this one, where there's literally being a law placed barring Amazons, all Amazons from American soil. I'm feeling like, you know, we're going to get a little peek at some heroes in crisis style writing where it's going to be raw. It's going to be visceral. It's going to be heartbreaking. I mean, there's, I'm probably going to need tissues for the series. Um, but I mean, cause there's, there's, this is a team where there is no wrong. You're getting amazing, exquisite, detailed, beautiful artwork where I know you're going to be able to see the emotions on the face panel by panel. And it's Tom King. I mean, you, you really couldn't ask for a better writer. I mean, and like you said, Brad, we, we will follow him wherever he will go because he is able to connect with characters as a writer on a way in, on, on, on a wavelength that most people can't. I mean, it's 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 going to be beautiful. I know I'm excited for it. Steve, what about you? I am heartbroken at losing Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad as the writers on this series because they've just smashed it out of the park. They've been fantastic. However, Tom King wrote... Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Amazing. His Catwoman in his own Batman run and in Batman Catwoman 12 issue miniseries. This is a character, this is a character, this is a writer who writes women and writes them well. And Kendra, you can back me up here. There aren't that many great male writers of female characters, and he's one of them. So I'll give it a shot for that. And I'll give it a shot because, hang on. Not just Wonder Woman, no Amazons allowed on American soil. The storytelling possibilities, this is this is like no man's land level storytelling possibilities because to have one of the greatest heroes on earth as a fugitive in the country she's made home, I'll read it. I'm there, I'll read it. So, um, hey, I'll also pick up anything else that Becky and Michael write. So whatever they move on to, I'm there too. So... I'll stay positive and uh, yeah, I'm invested. But on similar news, ah, man. Issue 800 will be the end of Jeremy Adams' run on The Flash, which I've said it before and I'll say it again, and some people might hate me for it, but I'm sorry, Jeremy Adams' run on The Flash has been one of the greatest Flash runs of all time, not just of the last few years, ever. So I'm really going to miss this guy. He's sad that he didn't get to finish the story till he's leaving after 800. But again, we've got a new, interesting, creative team taking over. So, Brad, your thoughts on the Flash shakeup? Uh, I think it's it's smart to maybe end it now, as good as the run was. And I agree, it was, it was a really great run. But with the movie coming out, and there's going to be some more um, interest in the character. So I think maybe what it's coming out when it is in September. Is that what it said? Um, and the movie comes out in June, yeah. so that's a little bit long to wait. Um, I think when you want to get kids into comic shops, into a character, you need to have the new series out. So I wish they wouldn't wait so long. I wish they would have it out sooner. Um, but 
um, I think overall it's kind of smart. It's going to give readers a fresh way to jump onto the series if they are coming off the movie. So it's this is one of those stories too where it's not surprising. Uh, what about you, Kendra? <sighs> the Flash is one of my favorites, and while yes, I will say that it is very bittersweet to see him leaving and knowing that he had so many ideas for what was to come, but they wanted a tone shift, they wanted a new perspective. There's always going to be that what could have been. There's always going to be that there hanging in the air. But, I mean, number 800 is going to it's gonna go out with a bang. You've got all of your creative talent coming into play. You've got Jeff Johns, Mark Wade, Jer- Jeremy Adams will be saying goodbye to us, unfortunately. And, I mean... I don't know, man. That 800 is going to be a banger. It's going to be the one that fans are going to want to get their hands on because not only is it the goodbye, but it's 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 a love of of Flash because this is a huge series end. It's a huge arc ending. So while it's sad, I will I will gladly reap the rewards of number 800 because that's going to be beautiful artwork. It's going to be beautiful storytelling. It's going to be nothing but love for the West family. What about you, Steve? Yeah, uh, Jeremy Adams, I don't know if you're listening, but you've got some major fans at the DC Comics News and Dark Knight News offices, not just us three, Seth, um, huge fan in Derek McNeil who reviews The Flash every month. Um, Again, I hadn't read anything of yours before The Flash, but I will gladly now pick up any damn comic book I see with your name on it. Hey, and you are moving on to another DC property, so I'm there. But um, I can see why. Like you said, Brad, the Flash movie means new fans, means I don't know why they reverted to the legacy numbering if you're going to start with another number one again. But there is the hope that we have got those little corner boxes that say number one, legacy numbering 801. So that's down to you, Jeremy. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah, The Flash is an awesome character. He's had an amazing run since New 52, to be fair. Um, But the Rebirth run and Jeremy Adams in particular, awesome. But um, at least you're going out with issue 800. They're not cutting your run short in the middle like they have with certain other shows, with certain other series. I can live with that. And, hey, um, Marv Wolfman and George Perez created Tim Drake after they made Dick Grayson Nightwing. If you've got more stories to tell, sir, I'm sure you'll be able to tell them. And if they ever announce in years down down the line that you're coming back to The Flash... I'll be in the queue with my hard-earned pennies. So thanks, uh, Jeremy. You'll be missed. But the flash will run on. Now, let's move away from comics into the little feature we call Other News. Now, Brad, as our resident gamer, another delay. We had to have one piece of bad news this week, and this looks like it's it. But hey, we know they do these things for a reason, don't they? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I, I don't think that this is necessarily bad news. I think that video games are such a huge undertaking. You don't want a half-cooked product coming out that you have to uh, add downloads and patches and things like that. You're much better off having a really solid game right out of the gate. Look what happened to Cyberpunk 2077. That 
had such a hype about it, but they released it and it was buggy and people really turned against that game. And now if you talk to people that are playing it now, they love it. So those things happen, but I just really think that, that it could be a good thing that it gets delayed. And on a personal level, I haven't picked up a PS5 yet. So I'd be wanting to go out and play this right away if it came out tomorrow. So I'm glad, I'm kind of glad that it's been, been delayed because then I don't have to rush out and buy a console. Um, but because this is this is a game that I can't wait to play, but I'd rather wait and have a great product than than have something that's buggy, you know. So I don't think this is necessarily bad news. What about you, Kendra? I agree. I agree 100. percent It doesn't. It, it it sounds like bad news, but it's just because it requires us to have patience, which we have a short supply of. And but like Brad said, I mean, when a game holds off like that, it's usually because they have found something either in their beta testing and in, in, in one of the one of the things that it goes through before it gets to come out to us lovely people that they want to solve before it before it happens. Because I mean that was a beautiful beautiful way to put that. Because you could you could lose everything if the game is bad. You could lose everything. You're gonna lose the interest, you're gonna lose you lose fans, you're gonna lose potential gamers. That's potential money and I, I would much rather them come come with a fully solid, realized game than with one that's going to be buggy or is going to have patches that need to be done consistently upon opening. So I'm I'm while there's not a date yet and there's nothing that's been added yet, it it's a couple of months to wait. It'll be all right. What about you, Steve? You both said it perfectly. Um, rather delay it and get it right than release it, rush it, and it messes up and loses fans. Finish the game, make sure it's perfect, and then you will have the fans in your hands buying the game left, right, and centre. Release it when it's right. Nothing else to say. And now to close the show, one bit of awesome news. Batman Unburied was incredible. Harley Quinn and Sound Mind was incredible hey we make podcasts we love podcasts brad are you excited about riddler secrets in the dark because the actor playing him certainly is yeah i think uh hassan minaj will do a a good a great job he was good guest hosting the daily show a few weeks ago he's kind of having a moment so we look forward to that um uh and i i think they've had a lot of success with these scripted podcasts they've got good voice casts for it going forward and it's kind of one of those things too where they haven't really made a misstep yet so why wouldn't this be as good and nobody has a rose gallery in comics like batman so any one of his villains that they want to base a podcast on uh, i'm there so yeah i think that i think it's you know if you like like the audio adventures if you like unburied uh, this is this will be right up your alley too. And like w- once again, it just proves that the world cannot get enough Batman. And I- HBO Max should have thought of that before they said no to to, to uh, Cape Crusader. So. Yep. But I'm glad they did. People, people <laughs> love Batman. So and they love his villains. What about you, Kendra? Brad, I love your petty. <laughs> That was beautiful. <laughs> but I mean, it's true. I mean, because you're right. They really they really haven't had any 
anything bad come out with the podcast the podcast where they're pre-scripted i mean both of these series that they mention are wonderful and are great to just listen to and it feels like you're being immersed in nothing but sound bites like diaries from from gotham from arkham asylum from the gcpd files it's beautiful and now we're getting the opportunity to have one where the focal point is riddler i mean Speaking of a man with secrets, I, I can't wait. It's going to be so cool to listen to him. And I, 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 I'm fine with whoever wants to come on as long as they're bringing that voice. So I, I hope that Hassan is ready because that's, for me, that's what a podcast really is, is if you're going to bring a character to life, you need to be able to embody them. So that would be the only thing I would kind of step back and cross my fingers for. But like you said, Brad, he's had experience. He's on a run. Let's go. Steve, what about you? And he's passionate for the character. Seeing his reaction, seeing his love for the Riddler, I'm sold. I mean, this is the Riddler's golden age between Matt Reeves, the Batman, and Paul Dano's stunning portrayal. The follow-up comic book, Riddler Year One, the prequel to his origin, with uh, Riddler One Bad Day, one of the most disturbing, awesome comics I've read in a long, long time. This is the age of Edward Nygma. So... Listen, follow Batman Unburied, follow Harley Quinn's sound mind, give us a Riddler series with all these great characters. I mean, hey, we're spoiled. But they'd have told us we'd have James McAvoy as Sandman in a podcast. If they'd have told us we'd get Winston Duke as Batman in a podcast. If they'd have told us we'd get Christina Ritchie as Harley Quinn in a podcast a few years ago, we'd have said they were all mad. It's happened. It's real. Let it continue. It's a great time to be a DC fan. A wise man says that frequently. He's my friend. I like him. He knows fashion. And on that note, we will end what's been a 99% super positive, awesome 168th episode of the DC Comics News Podcast. But before we leave you, let's tell everyone where you can hear our voices, see our faces and read our work. Brad, where can the universe find you, my friend? Oh, you can find me writing news reviews, dccomicsnews.com. Um, um putting together a review uh interview for josh's website with the movie blog of the stranger sings uh parody musical so that's coming up um nice. on, the, on the harley quinn mad love podcast once we get back to to uh recording it for the uh, dc comics news uh, podcast network uh you can follow me on twitter at wiki b1 uh kendra where can people find you i want to say where can't you find me but and that's true, too. Um, I mean, Twitter, devour all words, devour DC Comics. I can be found writing news and reviews for Dark Knight News, DCU. Um, I mean, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you want to talk, feel froggy. Just send a message. I'm there. Steve, where can the good people find you? Most weeks on this wonderful show with wonderful human beings like Kendra Hale and Brad Felicki and his cat, Mr. Bond. And is, we can also catch us online at DC Comics News and Dark Knight News and Fantastic Universes by searching Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes in your search engine of choice. And you can catch this show on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows, we will be, be there assaulting your ears and on YouTube, assaulting your eyeballs too. <laughs> Talk to me on Twitter at lsteevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O, because I will be waiting for you 
there. But until you do come and see us all, there's something you really need to remember and do, and that is to read more comics. We shall return.